Welcome to the Our Scottish Future podcast. Our Scottish Future is a new campaign that fights for a better Scotland within a reformed United Kingdom. We believe the problem with Scottish politics isn't when we seek to do things differently, it's when we don't cooperate when it's in the Scottish people's interest to do so. So we want to build a more cooperative UK and we believe we need changes in Westminster to do exactly that. This podcast will highlight how we can build that more cooperative UK with interviews, conversations and debate. Please do have a listen and recommend it to a friend. Hello and uh, welcome to the uh, latest edition of the uh, Our Scottish Future podcast. We haven't done a podcast for a while, but uh, we're we're back today uh, on the basis of having published a report this week, uh, our latest report, uh, which we've done on the video games industry in Scotland, something that's been around for 20 or 30 years, something the country's very proud of. We've done a report uh, this week on, on how it can be improved still further. Um, so our podcast today is going to be me interviewing the author of the report, who I'm glad to say is joining me just now, uh, Rory McIntosh. Hi, Rory. Hi, Eddie. Thanks for having me. That's, that's a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Uh, Rory is a, uh, first of all, I think just to introduce Rory, he is a gamer. Uh, he's somebody who comes up with this from the perspective of somebody that enjoys, uh, enjoys his games. Uh, uh, he's originally from Edinburgh, now lives in London, uh, where he's an analyst. And he's written an excellent report uh, this week for us, um, if I say so myself, uh, on the video games industry. So we're just going to chat about it a little bit now. Rory, just tell us, first of all, um, a little bit about the background uh, to this. Um, why is it that, you know, we all talk now, Scotland's got this great video games industry. How did that happen? Why is it that Scotland is seen as a leader in this? Well, the amazing thing is that Scotland's been part of the games industry ever since it was created. So back in the, the late 70s and the early 80s was the first time around the world that what we now think of as the home computer became affordable. And the real, the real story began in that the Timex factory in Dundee was chosen to be the home of the, the next generation computer in, in the UK. And in the early 80s, moms and dads went to work in the factory and their kids got into computers. And so you had this small little generation of computer literate kids, the very first computer literate kids in the UK in Dundee. And out of that group, uh, they went to what's now known as the University of Arte or Dundee. And of that cluster, whether it was study of computer science, uh, you've got the founders of a company called DMA Design. And these are the real veterans, the real, the, the original gamers in Scotland, because they produced Grand Theft Auto, the, the game that sort of is the, the most famous one to have come out of Scotland. And it's actually the most profitable, the most successful entertainment product in history. And it all, it all came out of this tiny little cluster in Dundee. And so I was really interested in reading your report. There's loads of stuff in there, and I learned that. I didn't realise. But even further back, they, you, you mentioned that these the, the, from Dundee came the, uh, the Lemmings game. People of my generation can even remember that. That was, that was almost like the first game, was it? It was. So DMA Design produced Lennons just before they produced Grand Theft Auto. Uh-huh. And, and these were the two seminal games that, uh, that, uh, that were uh, betraying our generational gap, which is that uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto for me was the one, and Lemmings is maybe for those a little older than I. Um, but these were amazing, innovative, creative games. And the really exciting thing is that Scotland's been creating those ever since. The challenge, and I'm sure we'll come on to talk about it in a second, is that 
lots of other places around the world have also cottoned on to the fact that games are fun and cool things to play. And it's now the biggest entertainment industry in the world. It's bigger than film, TV and music put together. Uh, absolutely. We will come on to that in a minute. But what I just found fascinating at the beginning of your report is just, is just that, that how an industry kind of emerges almost by accident as a result of, as you say there, the fact that, um, you know, computer, you know, this, you know, these uh, computers were, you know, were built in Dundee and, and the kids from there kind of built, built it, built it up. It was almost, almost by accident that it happened. But that's a, that's a lovely Scottish story because Scotland is the home of bits of the industrial revolution of the enlightenment of advances in medical science. Scotland's been home to, loads of world-leading, world-first innovation for hundreds of years. And I guess if I was to leave anyone listening to this, it would be to try and think of games in that tradition, as opposed to something nerdy that kids, stereotypically teenage boys, play alone in their bedroom. That I think if Scotland can get past those stereotypes, which aren't really true, and think about it as the 21st century version of the, the uh, advances we gave the world in every other industry, then I think that's going to be really helpful. So, Rory, tell us a little bit about the where the video games industry in Scotland uh, stands now in terms of its importance to the Scottish economy and and where the UK industry stands globally, if you like, um, and, and where where are the trends there? What, what, what are the numbers around? So there's, there's two ways to think about the value of the games industry in Scotland. So the first is in terms of what it gives jobs and in terms of economic value. And here's the industry is compared to others relatively small, depending on how you count it, between three, 5,000 people directly involved in the industry in Scotland. Those are mostly in Edinburgh and in Dundee. And it, it, the, a measure of gross value add, which is just a measure of economic value, is about £350 million a year. So in absolute economic terms, it's not the biggest industry in Scotland, but it's growing really quickly. So there was a new report out last week from like, the UK-wide trade body TIGA, which is suggesting that the rate of growth in Scotland was particularly high. But then the second reason why I think the, there's a real value to Scotland, which is beyond just the raw numbers, is what games brings to Scotland. And some of that is just a cultural export, that Scottish humour, Scottish imagination is going around the world. But secondly, that the, the ideas and methodologies and techniques and technology behind games can be applied to a whole bunch of other things besides. Most obviously, the, the, there's a blurring of the line between games and film. But the, if you think about anything on your phone, uh, if you've got an Apple device, um, anything that sort of gamifies your experience of apps, that's all the ideas behind games. And that can be applied to lots of other industries. And in the northeast of Scotland, in particular with Abertay and Nine Wells and Dundee, you're starting to see crossovers between games technology and medicine, or in Edinburgh between uh, game technology and agriculture. So. I think the, the opportunity for Scotland is just to grow the number of game studios we have, grow the number of people directly employed, grow the, the amount of money we're generating, but equally to harness all of that and apply it to lots of other sectors as well. Yeah. And, and as you rightly say in the report, uh, this is an industry that is just exploding you know, around the world. I mean, America, Japan and China are the, the big players here. But there is a chance, as you see, I think, through this, in this report that we can, if not, if, if, if we're not going we, you know, if not equal the size of the industries in, in, in nations the size of Japan, China and US, can at least be, you know, still significant players if we, get, if we play our cards right over the next 10, 20 years. Absolutely. And the really important thing about games is that they can be built anywhere and sold everywhere. So the mm -hmm. fact we've got a Scottish cluster is, it's not about 
us selling into Scotland or even the UK, actually most of what we produce is sold globally. And that means we're competing with the, the mega players. So as you're saying, the US, China, Japan are the three mega markets and have the biggest companies. And just to give you a sense of scale and size, Microsoft is currently trying to buy a games company for about $70 billion. Wow. So just this is a market where the, the really big players are ginormous and are rapidly trying to buy up all the smaller players because they're trying to keep on top of all the technological innovation. And in contrast, in Scotland and the UK, most of the companies operating here are pretty small. Um, data from uh, the other trade body UK suggests in the UK something like 90% of all uh, companies are under 215 employees. Lots of lots of small studios are actually pretty small. It'd be 10, 15 people. It doesn't take very many people to build a game. So what that means is that we've got to find a niche. And the really good news is that, particularly on mobile games, which is where most of the money is, is where all the energy and direction is going, you don't need a big team to make a game. So small, small studios who come up with a great idea and can commercialize it and can compete have got a really good chance. We just have to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward because I think the risk is otherwise you've got an industry globally that is just highly successful. And it's not just the, the mega countries like the US, smaller countries have also carved out a niche. So Finland, a country roughly the same size as Scotland, uh, has a very uh, well-established uh, games industry. They've actually got the biggest European uh, games company, Turkey similarly. So we've got, we've got to find our niche. So let's talk about the recommendations in your report, because um, you've got you've got plenty in there and there's a lot of food for thought. First of all, in terms of what is it that the Scottish government in the in the powers that it has, you make a series of recommendations there for things that you would like to see them in order to, so that we maintain our competitive advantage and maintain this great Scottish success story. So in terms of the Scottish government's plans, what, what is it that you recommend? So the Scottish government's already been giving a level of support to the games industry and encouraging is actually mentioned in the, the existing economic plan. The question is where, where else might we put the, our, our shoulder to the wheel? So some, some of this is about the long-term foundations for our competitiveness. And that has to start with computer science education in schools because Scotland, Scotland's tech industry more generally and the games industry in particular can't grow really much bigger the number of talented software engineers who are interested in working in that industry. So not everyone in the games industry is a software engineer or has to have that background, but the games that you can build and stand on require that level of expertise. And the good news is that we've got a lot of really excellent colleges and universities that produce world-class graduates. Abertay University in particular is an absolutely outstanding asset. The challenge is that the funnel is narrowing, that if you look at the number of kids going through Scottish schools at National Five or a higher level doing computer science, it's actually declining and has been declining year on year uh, for the better part of a decade. And so too is the number of teachers whose main subject is computer science. And what that does is it risks meaning that there is a, a smaller and smaller number of potential people who are willing to go into the industry. So that's not good. Ch changing this isn't going to affect the industry overnight, but this is, this, this is the biggest single thing we can do to ensure a long-term success. So the good news is the Scottish government has backed a recommendation in uh, a report by Mark Logan, who is the former chief operating officer for Skyscanner, one of Scotland's best tech companies. And one of his recommendations about supporting Scotland's tech ecosystem more generally was to put computer science education on the same footing as the other sciences like physics and chemistry. And really, I'm echoing that here, too, because anyone who's ever written anything about the games industry in Scotland or the UK abroad has all come to the same conclusion, which is you need to put computer science on the same footing as the other sciences. So 
if we were talking earlier about Scotland's history and scientific and industrial revolutions, that was partly because we came out of teaching a, a particular cohort, physics, chemistry, how to build bridges, how to how to make and build things. In the 21st century, we need to figure out how to build and make software. Not every kid needs to do it, but unless you've got that broad base, that means more kids can go through the pipeline, the, the, the foundation's risk being brittle. Got it. And and then your report also then looks at not just what Scottish government do, but what Scottish and UK governments can do together uh, to, to to help us in Scotland, but also elsewhere in, in the UK. So again, if you could give us some ideas of what, what are the ideas that you recommend there that can actually help? This is the really exciting bit. And in a nub, it's that the Scottish and UK governments should work together on a plan. And that sounds a bit basic, but in general, as a country, the UK is pretty bad at coordinated economic policy, particularly when it comes to devolved administrations. And, and that's okay for some industries, but the really exciting thing about games, and one of the reasons why the UK is really good at games, is that we don't have one big giant cluster, say, in London. We have pockets of regional expertise all over the country. So yes, there is a big uh, cluster in London, but in Sheffield, in Leviton Spa, in Edinburgh and Dundee, all over the country, we have pockets of expertise. And the real challenge is that we, ha we don't have a plan to stitch that together. So it means in Aperte, you have world-class expertise, and in particular, a research uh, centre called Hingame, which is figuring out how to take best-in-class technology, make new and better games, or apply games to new challenges. But that is physically and uh, practically really far removed from the cluster in Sheffield. Similarly, in Bournemouth, you've got a National Centre for Computer Animation, which is, again, a real-world class centre of expertise. Again, physically and literally quite far removed from the, the team in Edinburgh that's trying to create an executor game. So at its heart, the idea is to create a plan that stitches together the imagination, creativity and expertise, and also the finance, because a big challenge for the Scottish industry, like any other industry, is that the best potential companies, the ones who can grow with to be the, the, the next DMA design, they need a lot of money to scale. And it's competitive, you have to buy advertising, you have to fight for customers and users, particularly on mobile games, so you need cash. And Scotland's got a bit of that domestically, but what you really need is access to a world-class venture capital market. And the best one to get access to is on the other end of the East Coast mainline in London. Yeah. But if you're a VC in London, historically, there wasn't that much interest in games. There now is, because everyone realises that's where there's crudely a lot of money to be made. But if left to its own devices, the market will often just tend to fund London-based or companies or companies based in the Southeast. So a real trick is to be able to stitch that London financing into Scotland, equally also into Sheffield, into Cambridge, and into London Spa. So overall, the best plan we've got to help Scotland stay competitive is to stitch our clusters into the clusters across the rest of the UK, because it's in those interactions, the connections, the ideas that you will prompt the next big game. You will be able to uh, connect talent, outsource work, um, and and make the um, the sum greater than the the individual number of its components. Yeah. So it's about creating a network, isn't it? Yes. And then plugging and then plugging that network directly into the the, the power source, of, if you like, of of the venture capital, uh, so, you know, funds in in you know, as you say, predominantly in London, so that we all benefit from it. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good way of thinking about it. The other way to think about it would be: imagine if we put all the games companies in the UK in one city 
Yeah. And in, the, in that alternative reality, you'd have all the thousands of small interactions and chance connections. Now, obviously, we don't want to do that. But what we, what we do want to do, what the role of an effective industrial strategy is, a plan with a fancier name, is to try and make those connections. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you, you, you make a suggestion in the report as to how we could actually get on with this. Uh, you know, UK government has made quite a big play recently of saying it wants to improve the, the kind of intergovernmental working uh, between UK and Scottish governments. Uh, there is now a, uh, a kind of committee and the, you know, that's in, in kind of business and industry department that's supposed to be doing this. And we, we, what we're saying in this report is first thing on the agenda when this thing next meets uh, is, is this, you know, we should be saying, let's get the, let's get the video games industry at the top of their list and, 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 and start working together on what we're proposing. Exactly. And I think a real challenge, mm. a real challenge in public policy is lots of people come up with some great ideas and they just sit mm. in a report that doesn't go anywhere. And I think when we were talking about this, it was really important that we try to land this in a practical thing. And for us, putting it into that agenda, which is a group that's meant to be there to coordinate economic policy across the UK, it felt like the right thing to do. And obviously, ministers will have to go and ask civil service teams and different administrations to come up with the detail. But I think the, the really important thing is that if we think about this as a chance to work together across the UK and make the most of the collective strengths, then that is, that's the real success. Great. Okay, brilliant, Rory. Thanks very much. Last question. What's the best new game coming out next year? Ah, uh, so that, that's, that's caught me because my favourite games are all 20 years old. So <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to have to make a plug for a game called Age of Empires 2 which is nearly as old as I am, but uh, rediscovered it like many other people in lockdown, actually. And there's a lovely group of us who've ended up playing that together. Great. No, idea what you're no idea what you're talking about, but I'm, uh, but I'm sure that's the question everybody wants to, to hear the answer to. Well, can I just say uh, thanks very much for your time again. Um, the report is, is really good. It's practical. It's well-informed. It's got some positive suggestions. Um, so we're really hopeful that it, that it has an impact and, and gets listened to both in Edinburgh and, and London. So, Rory, thanks very much. Um, the report is out this week. It's on our website. Um, and uh, we'd love you to all to read it. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Eddie.